This is the More Than Work podcast, where we talk all about how to gain more satisfaction in your job. It's possible to enjoy your life and your work, because business is personal. Hey, More Than Workers, Don Harkey from People Centric Consulting Group here, and we've got a little bit of a secret to tell you. Sometimes our clients are kind of annoying. Okay, so oh, here we oh, go. Oh boy, here it is. So sometimes <laughs> when we go home, just like anybody, right? Sometimes we're venting a little bit about some of the things that we see and some of those things that are frustrating mm-hmm. and some of the things we just wish we could get our people that we work with to stop doing. And sometimes it's really frustrating. So we thought, how fun would it be if you were in the car with us on the drive home? How fun would it be if we shared some of those things that we just want our clients to just stop doing. Like if we could just get people just to change something, what could those be? We were all thinking about this episode of, what what show was that, Matt? It was, was it Fox? It was the Mad TV? It was Mad TV, Bob Newhart. Bob Newhart, and he did this, and you can Google this, and you can find this, and he does this whole skit where he's a psychiatrist, and he only charges $5. And his whole idea is you sit down and you tell him the problem, and then he looks at you and just says, stop it. <laughs> Perfect. Just stop it. And that's all I did. Just stop it. Like, well, don't I need to unpack? No, just stop it. Just stop doing it. So we're going to go through some of our favorite stop it as a team to tell you so that you can, so that you can frankly change the behavior so that we don't have to deal with it anymore. That's really what our jobs are way easier. You know, what's funny about this too. I think there's going to be a certain population of people that are like, thank you. I'm about ready to have this podcast. Thank you so much for just saying it, isn't it, you know, as it is, because every time we coach people, it's, you know, how do you facilitate that out of them? We want to lead them to the conclusion. And honestly, there's sometimes where it's just like, holy smokes, just stop what you're doing right now. You, you are, you are leading yourself to this aggression and this anger that you have about the situation. Diana. You know that if you are ever seeing Diana in a meeting, you're about to get a bunch of like tough love. Stop it. I don't do the whole like, oh, let's just coach it out of you thing. Right. This is this is my jam. Right. Yeah, this is great. And on the other end of things, if I am saying stop it that directly to you, then it's a really big problem because I've tried everything else. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I will say too, for the most part, you guys can agree or disagree, but I would say too, for the most part, people, we understand, okay? You are not intentionally trying to do these things for the most part, I have air quotes around that. For the most part, you're not intentionally trying to do these things, but these are the things that we accidentally just keep running into over and over. And sometimes it is easier guys, right? It's easier for us to be able to see these things because we might be on the outside looking in. We're not stuck in the same dynamic that you are all the time. And we might see things where our initial reaction is, oh, wow, they should not do that ever again. Like they should, they should never, ever say that ever again, you know, because we're not stuck in that. Don? I feel like I want to add a disclaimer to, to this episode. So if you are a client and you're listening to this and you're thinking maybe they're talking about me right now. Here's what I want you to realize is that maybe we are, maybe we're not. You don't know. Like we do deal with a lot of different clients. Maybe we're not talking to you. But if you do think that maybe this applies to you, then please listen. Please listen to it. Because even <laughs> yeah. if you think it might apply to you, then maybe you're onto something. Yeah. Give us a call. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Th- those types of things. So what we're going to do, just this is going to be just a little bit different. I am going to go ahead and facilitate the conversation like I typically do for the podcast. But we're going to go really kind of start around the table, so to speak. I'm going to start with Bethany. Bethany's already thought of a few things that we have shared, by the way, internally. So we're trying not to duplicate the same thoughts. And really, we didn't 
we didn't have to edit much uh, from the beginning. We all kind of came at it from different angles. This isn't something that we all created together. We did this independently. We came together literally just a few minutes ago to say, okay, what did you all come up with? What are the things that we want people to hear? Which is kind of cool. So you're getting us at this or organic foundational level here, right? This is, we are freestyling, which is my jam anyway. So Bethany is going to go and talk about the things and then we get to, you know, maybe share our thoughts or interactions about the things that each of us bring up. That's the way it's going to work. Are you guys ready to play? We're like a fresh stack of wisdom pancakes. Ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you should stop that. <laughs> you should, you should stop that immediately. Where's the dump Never. button? Yeah. All right, Bethany, we're going to start with you. What are the three things that let's walk through these one at a time, maybe what are the three things that, uh, uh, that you came up with the stop it's that you have? Okay. So my first one is my first stop. It is stop extending meetings instead of making them quicker and better. So it's very frustrating when there are meetings <laughs> yeah. that people have and they're not getting them done in the, the allotted time. And it's plenty, plenty, plenty of time to have a meeting. And so we have a conversation about, well, let's just make it longer. And the answer to that should be no, most of the time, in my personal opinion. If you are not able to get the meeting done in that allotted time, find ways to make it more efficient. You probably are spending too much time on other content, or maybe it's okay to just say, let's, let's pick up and start here on our next meeting. And that's perfectly okay. We don't have to talk about all the world's problems in one meeting. People don't like that. People don't want to sit in meetings for hours on end. So just stop it. So that's my first one. Yeah, and I love it too, right? This is something that, uh, as we kind of shared earlier, these are this is something that we can relate to. And everybody that's listening can probably relate to this. And I think one of the things that I could take away from that too, and I'll let other people engage here as well, but if I'm the manager, sometimes I fall into that trap myself. Like, okay, we only have one meeting a quarter and I have six hours worth of stuff to get through. Like there comes a point, let me just be real, that your people stopped listening a long time ago, even though you're still talking. The other part of that too, like here's the shattering dreams part, just because you're saying lots of things doesn't mean you're actually saying anything. And less is more sometimes when it comes to those meetings. So, and, you know, and, and the impact of that. But would you all, Don, Diana, would you add anything to that? No, I think that the, like you talk about meeting discipline a lot, Matt, in terms yeah. of your areas, it's, it's, it's making sure that we recognize how much time we have to talk about it. Because we can always talk some more, but there's, there's diminishing returns on the conversation that, that occur. Yeah, I like it. Good. Bethany, what's your second one? Okay, my second stop it is stop sending emails instead of having difficult conversations. So I think this happens all, right. all the time. People saying, okay, we're having this problem on our team. So I'm just going to send an email, like a mass email to the team and CC everybody instead of having a conversation with the people that need to be involved in the conversation. And then like maybe send a follow-up email, you know, just says that, hey, we've already talked about it in person. And now let's just, I'll do that email as a secondary thing. Don't let that be your first thing. Yeah, oh, but, yeah. but Bethany, I mean, that doesn't include like, what if I'm clear on the email and I use like different font sizes and colors and bolds yeah, and emojis and stuff? Especially don't do that. Especially oh. don't use <laughs> oh bold and all caps and right. like highlighted color. I don't just don't do it. 
Oh man, I was, I, you know, I, I was working with a company and I, I won't even say, I won't even say the state they're in, but I was working with a company, not in Missouri. And uh, this, this company, I was actually in their office the day this happened. And one of the salespeople came in and they were out of dress code that day. And they were so, the manager was so upset. And instead of going to talk to that person, the manager blasted the sales team of like 20 people. And then it went to like this all staff thing to everybody, reminding them of how unprofessional it is to come in out of dress code and reminding them that they have a standard, reminding them of where they work and how you know privileged they should be to have that job and, and everything like that. Didn't once talk to that employee. And I found out about it as I was at, I went to lunch at a restaurant nearby and I got a phone call that said, hey, we need to talk. Like this just happened. And what's even worse than that is that salesperson, this is during, this is pre-pandemic. So everybody's in the office, right? And that salesperson, everybody gets the email at the same time. They didn't say him by name, but they knew who was wearing like flip-flops that day. And, and everybody knew and all of their eyes, like all of the attention went to that person. So you can see maybe, okay, we were trying to cover a, you know, paint with a broader brush, but I don't know if the impact, I don't know if we accomplished what it was you were hoping to accomplish. Yeah. It really alienated that person. Yeah. yeah. No, can I, can I if there's Sorry, ever an issue like that, it's going to be very obvious if it's just one person that you're trying to address usually. So, yeah, right. I've got a funny story. And some of you have heard this one. Some of you haven't already, but a very recent email communication failure I had. I had a client and I was confirming with them what time we were going to be having a retreat. Yeah. And we were got real informal on the email. So we were sending like, yep, good. Okay. Kind of things back and forth. And I wrote to them and I put 8 a.m. And then I put Vandevort as a location on it, 8 a.m., Vandevoort, and they wrote back 10 to four, yes. And so suddenly, so I emailed Matt and I was like, wait a second, they're meeting from, we're, we're, the meet, we're supposed to meet from eight to noon and we sent it, and, but now we're meeting from 10 at 10 o'clock. No, 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 Don, you said, you, Don, you said, I'm still gathering information here. I'm asking some questions, but they, you know, the time has changed. I'm trying to piece it together. We could still make it happen. We've got to shuffle some meetings later in the afternoon. We can make it work, but now it's 10 to four for some reason. It was now basically what I got. Uh, so then I, I emailed back and I said, hey, we're, we're, we can shuffle some things, but we had it down starting at eight o'clock. You know, what time do you need us from 10 to four? Because you didn't have us for six hours. And she wrote back saying, no, no, no. I was just saying 10, four, like 10, four, good buddy. Like, CV talk. Yeah. Like CV talk. Like <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good <laughs> miscommunication. That's a, such a simple like miscommunication over email and how like that can be missed. But think about like, if you're having a difficult conversation, like all the nuances that are lost in those. So this many. Is, and yeah. yeah, with that too, I know that this is more of like a personal example, but so we're getting a new roof, which is exciting, but our insurance company and our roofing company are having like a few disagreements about some things. Right. And so they have been sending emails to each other back and forth. And I am copied on all of these emails and they are driving me crazy. Oh man! And so I have called, I have called and talked to our roofing company and I'm like, what's the deal? What's going on? And then I've called the insurance company and I'm like, Hey, what's going on? And then I said, have you talked like on the phone to the roofing company. And they're like, no. And I was like, you should totally do that. You should definitely talk to them on the phone. And so a few more emails went back and forth after that. And I finally jumped into the email and I said, listen, as your customer, I'm going to just jump in here for a minute. Ooh. I said, I have talked to both of you separately and I would highly encourage you to jump on the phone with each other. I said, 
it's putting a bad taste in my mouth on both ends. These emails are very unprofessional. So for the sake of your customer, would you please talk to one another so we can get this ball rolling? The next morning, I got a text from the roofing company who said, you are scheduled for next Tuesday at 6 a.m. And then I got a phone call from the insurance company that was like, hey, I'm talking to the roofing company at 2.30. Can you join? (laughs) Thank you. But this, I'm not supposed to be consulting you guys. Figure it out. I was just going to say, never stop consulting. Like we can't stop it. It's always there. Yeah, that's good. This is also a good lesson that we should just always video call each other so we can see our facial expressions like I do. So (laughs) anyway, take it or leave it. That's free advice. Bethany, what was your third one? Okay, my third one. Stop expecting change to happen quickly. So remembering that good things take time. There's that saying, right? Good things take time. Uh And so I really believe that even though I get impatient with change as well. So whether it is just a change, whether it's change in a person, um, in an individual, or it's change within your organization, it takes time. So I actually, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking again about sort of personally an example of we bought a house in November. It, it's a, you know, a 1970s build. We're redoing a lot of the rooms, you know, one room at a time. Right. And so as I was thinking about, you know, just the idea of change and being impatient with change, I was thinking about how, you know, you may start with something really dramatic, like you know, ripping off wallpaper, which is something I've been doing a lot lately. Mm-hmm. So ripping off wallpaper and you can see the immediate like change, right? Something has changed, but it's really messy and it doesn't look good and it doesn't feel good. And there's that immediate change. And then there's this whole period of time in the middle that feels like nothing is happening. Like if you were to probably walk in a room when it's in those middle stages, you might not even be able to know what, if anything is happening, if there's any work being done, if there's any changes being made, it's like, it's like when you're filling the nail holes or like caulking the trim or like touching up little areas or, you know what I mean? Like doing some of those repairs before you can make those like really big dramatic changes. And it just feels like nothing is moving and it's maybe really monotonous. And then there's the really big, you know, the big change at the end. And then whenever you, but if you get to the end and you haven't filled the nail holes or caulked the trim or whatever, you will be able to notice, like it won't be as good of a change. It won't be as big of a transformation. And so I was thinking about that, like it's, that's how it is with organizations. Like whenever you're, you're impacting change and we're going in and working with organizations, like there's probably going to be some wallpaper ripped off at the beginning and you're going to see, and you're going to feel that, but there's going to be a time period there where we're just filling nail holes and we're doing all of those different things. And it doesn't feel like anything's happening. Or if it's you and you're trying to impact change within your organization too, it's going to feel like I'm just doing really monotonous things. Like this is the boring part of the job. I don't like doing this, but if you keep doing it every single day until you get it done and you get all the holes filled, you're going to feel the change eventually and people are going to see it. And so it just takes that practical effort and work 
and just knowing that it just can't happen overnight. So be patient with it. Know that it's happening behind the scenes. Anyways, that was I my love, soapbox. I love that. I love the <laughs> I love the word picture there of, of what that looks like. Sometimes we we are eager to get in and make create the big change, but if we don't take the opportunity to maybe fill in some of those holes, then man, those not only will you notice them at the end, but they're probably going to be bigger than what they were when you started. Yeah. So I, I, I like that. I like that a lot. I love a good metaphor. So yeah, that's great. Thanks, Bethany. Diana, let's go to you. What are your three? Okay. My first one is to stop assigning intent to other people. So we see this a lot, right? We see when people say things like they only do this because of this, or, right. you know, I, I think that they're doing this to drive me crazy. Right. When the reality is that person's probably not thinking about you at all. Yeah. And so we often are assigning these like very negative things to people and their actions. And it's hardly ever the actual truth or the actual case of it. So that's one thing that I often look for when I'm talking to people is why is there disharmony here? And why is there anger or frustration? And a lot of times it comes from your own head. And so if you can stop assigning intent to other people's actions, I think you'll get a little bit further with criticism and with conflict and with things like that. So yeah, and, and even the, and, it, and it kind of protects the relationship too, because as soon as I start to assign intent, man, that's going to absolutely change the way that I behave towards you. Yeah, it's absolutely going to change the dynamic of our working relationship. And so often, kind of like you said, I'm assigning intent and I'm all worked up about it. They might not have any idea, but I am three steps like down, the, so down the road. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. that happens. Yeah. Awesome. Good one. My next one is blaming others. And I'm going to like be a little more specific than that. Yeah. So when I'm talking to people, I hear things like, yeah, but my manager does this or my coworker does this. And I have to stop and just tell them like, yeah, but you can't change them and you can't control them. And what they're doing has nothing to do with you. I'm talking to you. So how can you change how you interact or how you react to these situations so that it has a different outcome for you? Because you can only change you. And I think I say that nine times a day. <laughs> Yeah, because I, man, that's totally common. I'm sure Bethany and Don have their own examples of that, of that too. And, you know, Don uses the Dr. Laura analogy there too, where the radio show counselor therapist gets the phone call that says, yes, I, I don't, you know, my, my husband cheated on me. And the first question that's asked is, well, what did you do to make your husband cheat on you? And the, of course that person loses their mind. We always want to change the other person's behavior when in reality, that's out of your control. Yeah. Uh, I can choose something to work on for myself and having that accountability talk. I know Diana does that quite a bit. Yeah. Good. And I do love that Dr. Laura example because it is so drastic when Dr. Laura's like, so what'd you do to make him cheat? <laughs> yeah. What? It's it like, no, so that's mean. not how this works. It's so mean. <laughs> You're a horrible but, therapist. <laughs> but, but Diana, like, I think everybody needs somebody who will ask you that question of like, but what are you doing? Good <laughs> yep. point. Yep. Yeah, everybody needs that too. Yeah. yeah. And my thing always is like, I'm not talking to that person, right? I'm talking to you. So yeah. I can only understand your side of this story. So that's, that's my second one. Awesome. Thanks. Third. My third one is quit thinking that the grass is always greener somewhere else. Yeah. I hear people say all the time that they could go somewhere else or they could do something else or what, right? Like, cool, then go do that. If you really think that the grass is that much greener, but honestly, there's problems in every organization. There's problems in 
all companies, even ours, right? Like we have our moments. And so I think it's important to think through the fact that every problem has, or every company has challenges. Every company has problems. And if you keep going to different organizations, the common denominator is you. So like you can't find happiness somewhere. Maybe you need to take a little introspection and find out why. So what Diana is trying to say in summary is you are the problem. (laughs) Truth bomb. That's what I heard. Truth bomb. Truth bomb. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If you have, if you have created yourself into a, ran yourself into a rut where you were dissatisfied, chances are it won't take long for you to do the same thing at another organization. So, you know, the learn, the takeaway though, the learning thing from that is so take a look inside. What is one thing that you could proactively do to maybe change your behavior, which in there, then in turn could potentially change others' behavior in your circumstance. Like we, we don't look from the inside out, which I think is what uh, Diana is encouraging us to do. That's awesome. Yeah. Great, Diana. Thank you, Don. Let's hear your three. Okay. Some of these are similar to Diana's, but I think I can, they're kind of derivatives of Diana's here. Yeah. So the first one that I put down is stop focusing on what other people do and think about what you can do. So it's this idea that a lot of times when we hear people will talk about everything about what everybody else around them does, instead of thinking about what can you do in that situation. So I think that that's very, very derivative to die, very close to what Diana just talked about, but I think really, really important one. Yeah. Um, my, my second one here is, is another derivative of Diana's, but I think I could take a different spin on it is just stop being so judgy. It's really easy. And we hear people do this a lot of, you know, business managers. Oh, my employees are terrible. Why do they do this? They're so dumb. Why they're so terrible. I didn't do this. Employees. Oh, my boss is an idiot. Why didn't they do? They're just always doing something wrong. If you're constantly looking at other people and you're waiting there for them to make missteps, it, it says something a little bit about your perspective that I get it. It's valid, but it's just not particularly helpful to you. Most of us go through our lives thinking of ourselves as the heroes of our own story. Yeah. And we watch to see how other people are going to fit in as characters to that story. I'd suggest that maybe you can flip that around and you could recognize that. What if you started thinking about other people's stories and thought of yourself as a character and how do you influence that one? Suddenly that is goes from a position of no power where you're a victim of what other people do to you in your life to how can you influence other people's life? So, so, so dial down the judgment a little bit, you know, it's the old point the finger, but look where the thumb's at, you know, it's points right. back at you. You can't see that it's, it's on a podcast. So you can't see the visual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, the hard part about that too is, I mean, we fall into it, but sometimes we're proactively looking for those things to judge, which I think is part of your point. And if I'm proactively looking at that, I mean, the other side of that coin is what are you missing? If I'm proactively looking over here, what am I not seeing elsewhere? Yeah, yeah exactly. Good. Exactly. And then my third one is stop saying, I don't understand. I don't I get it. Yeah. I'm not, I'm just not good at that. I'm just not good at that. I'm just going to put this away. So in our, we, we've, there's been this positive psychology movement, which has been fantastic. Like it's, it's a strengths-based movement. It's, a, it's basically telling people there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. You can work within your core strengths and you can really, you can figure out what your direction is. But I think sometimes we take that a little too far and we say like, I'm just not good at that. So I'm never going to do it. I'm not very good at the numbers. I'm not very good at financials. I don't know anything about financials, so I'm not going to do anything. And I see some pretty high level leaders who are really, really smart actually box themselves out of major opportunities because they don't spend enough time going to learn that thing. 
I didn't come up in my career knowing of learning about financials or knowing financials. I'm not educated in financials. I haven't taken financial, like I've never taken an accounting class, but I have a pretty good understanding of financials from diving into it and trying to understand it and trying to learn about it. We have more access to information today than ever before. So don't ever box yourself out and say, well, I just don't understand how that works. Go figure out how it works. Or don't say that that's not within my strengths and box it out. Like, okay, I'm just not very good at having conversations with people. So I should never have conversations with people. You know, I'm not very good at understanding money. So I'm not sure you're going to be a complete bumbling idiot around money. Like, look, there's, there's some balance to that. I'm not saying that you have to go get a financial degree and go learn everything on Wall Street if you're not good with money, but you can function, right? You're, you're smart. You can go figure out some stuff. So go learn some things. I felt like I just got in a soapbox there, but that one, I've heard that one a lot more lately and it bothers me. Sound like my dad. Don't Everyone I? getting on their soapbox <laughs> is my favorite day at work ever. <laughs> that is awesome. All right, let me, let me jump into mine. I'm going to share my three here and then see what you have, see what you think about this. And by the way, I love, you know, public speaking is one of my favorite things to do. And one of my favorite things to do while I'm public speaking is shattering dreams right off the bat. I like to shatter dreams right at the beginning, you know, tear them down and then let's build them up, you know? And this first one I think is going to shatter some dreams uh, right off the bat. Stop candy coating difficult conversations. And the reason why I say this is because there are clearly some difficult conversations that we need to have. And, and maybe the best thing, best approach for the difficult conversation is to be very direct and specific with what it is that we are talking about. I cannot tell you how many times we have had interactions with business owners and, and CEOs or managers of teams where they call us and they are very frustrated at this repeated behavior that they definitely need to step in and, and, and address and change. They are very frustrated. They have hit the breaking point. We walk them through, okay, so how do we want to have the conversation? Let's get some bullet points here, help you stay on task, those types of things. They leave almost energized like, yep, I'm about to go have this conversation. It is about to hit the fan. I have reached my breaking point. And then they get in the room and the whole demeanor changes. And there might even be giggling taking place. There might even be like, I know you don't do it on purpose. You know, I, it's probably more me than it is you, you know, those types of those types of things. And then afterwards, we have to look at that person and say, what happened? You know, and they might even feel accomplished because yes, they made it to the end, but I don't think they got the point of where your emotion was in the beginning. I'm not saying I have to kick the door in and go yell at people, but sometimes we struggle so much with difficult conversations that we candy coat the entire thing and it is not leaving the impression or changing the behavior that you're hoping to have accomplished. So I don't know if you guys have anything to add to that or not, or how do you feel, but. Yeah, Matt, sometimes in our management training, we talk about the conversation that never happened. Yeah. And it's like, when we joke, we, we say like, you know, the manager has to go have the conversation with the employee who's not working well with the team and all those kinds of things. And they go in and they'll say things like, you know, a team is like a chain and, you know, every link on the chain is really, really important. <laughs> and for the team to be successful, we need every link on the chain to be strong, right? Would you agree with that? You know, the other person says, yeah. yeah, I agree with that. And I think, you know, we all agree that we all care about this company and this team and the direction we're going, right? So you're all with me. You know what I'm saying, right? You know what I'm saying. And the you employee's going like, yeah, because it's just an uncomfortable conversation. They just want to get the heck out of the room. And <laughs> yeah. they're like, okay, great. That's, I'm glad we had this talk. And they leave and the manager's like, I did it. I had the talk. I had the conversation with the employee. They're like, what did they say they didn't say anything <laughs> they didn't say no. anything like there was no like there was no explanation no they just kind of nodded and agreed with everything i said okay did you tell them that they have been showing up for work late no i didn't say that did but you talk about the performance i think they understood it i used the chain <laughs> analogy it was really clear yeah I, I think that that's it's that happens a lot 
Yeah. I love to turn it back around on them and say things like, if I go ask this employee how they think they're doing in this, in this realm, the thing you're frustrated about, would they know that you're frustrated about it with them? And 90% of the time they're like, mm, probably not. Well, then you yeah. didn't have the right conversation. <laughs> you did it wrong. Yeah, I, I love that, you know, and, and your analogy thing that you're talking about, sometimes we're just so scared of being direct. So we're so scared of being direct because of hurt feelings or, you know, but, but the goal of the conversation is to change the, the course that we are headed on, right? We are trying to change behavior. So it's important for us to be specific about the behavior that we are trying to change. And your, your chain analogy, I think is, I think it's, it's maybe a dramatization, but it, I think it's, I think it's pretty spot on, right? Like it's a, you know, once bitten, twice shy kind of, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, is that white snake? What are we That's doing that. right now? What are you doing? <laughs> Just tell me what it is you're thinking right now. Have you had a manager quote white snake? <laughs> well, I can totally see. Maybe that's just what I think in my mind when I see people struggle with this. Yeah, but. it seems like people are people do this because they're like afraid that their employees are just gonna like walk out and leave, and then they're like, don't have anybody left. Or yeah, something. then there's nobody to do the work. Yeah, yeah. I, re I recently facilitated a meeting with a group, and they were they were talking a lot. They were saying many things, but it was it was kind of around all these issues. And so at the end, near the end of the meeting, I kind of said, well, I'm going to summarize this up. I think, let me summarize this up. And I went around and I dropped a truth bomb on every person in the room. And I was like, so I think what we're saying is, and I just like very bluntly, and then, and then does everybody agree with that? And everybody's eyes got really wide, but like, yes, we agree with that. And then did it again, and then did it again, did it again. And everybody was kind of like for a moment, like, wow, is that what we just said? That was, right. that was something we have to unpack. But now like the groups made progress in the conversation where before it was like, yeah, we talked about a lot of things. I think we solved a lot of issues, but you didn't, you didn't because you didn't talk about anything. That's, it's a yeah. good one, Matt. We talked a lot. I don't know what we said that we said anything though. Yeah. We said many things, including white snake references for some reason. Yeah, I actually Googled that while you were talking. It's great white, not white snake. No oh, offense. Great great white. White. Oh, great white. Great white. Great white. Sha na na. All right. So... Twice shy, babe. <laughs> song in case you didn't know it. I know. Yeah. 80s metal man. I might have just done a trademark violation there by singing that. But now yeah, now it's that's gonna be. I, doubt it. I think we're gonna be okay. <laughs> you did that was not that was not great white. That was Don Harkey from People Centric. So. <laughs> All right, so my, my second one here would be stop hoarding information that people can use. And what I mean by that is sometimes, and, and, and listen, I get it. You might even be coming from a place that you are saying, I am trying to protect my team. I am trying to protect the company. I can't say these things because X, Y, or Z will happen. So we hoard information. We, we don't divulge the things that we need, you know, that, that they could potentially use to be more effective at their job or that they could potentially use. Dom, we see this a lot with financial stuff, right? Where we, we don't want to re reveal the curtain too, too much, even though if they had a little bit more financial clarity, they might also help you make smart financial decisions. You know, I get to speak about that uh, later in the year, by the way, this is something that people are asking about, but sometimes we hoard information because we think we're doing them a favor when the reality is just because you don't talk doesn't mean their minds aren't working. And the reality of that is that their minds are working towards an end uh, result that's probably a lot worse than the realistic thing that you're trying to protect them from knowing. Done. Yeah, I did. I did a, a LinkedIn post recently where I said, help your employees to feel your pain. If, if, you're, if your company is struggling with something, like share that with other people because they will try to help you to fix that. It's, it's amazing what that you can do. And if you can help each other fix your pain, like I did another one where we talked about don't be annoyed when your employee comes to you and says, hey, by the way, could I have a raise? Like I need a raise. 
Because your response is like, I'd love to give you a raise. That's a good way of doing it. What can we do together to work together where I can give you a raise? Let's talk yeah. about that. Let's make this our problem because then we can work together on it. Yeah. All right. So for my third one that I want to share, we're going to wrap it up with this. I want people to stop domineering the conversation, whether it's in a team meeting setting, maybe even a one-on-one -on -one setting, a coaching, stop domineering the conversation. and then Stop dominating the conversation. And that's, yeah. <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah. That's what's going to help. Stop interrupting. I just said, stop domineering the conversation and then getting frustrated at people whenever they don't participate or engage in the conversation. Chances are, if this is your frustration, you perhaps have not yet created the space for them to feel like they can participate. I can't tell you how many different meetings I have been involved in. And honestly, and I know we're coming from a good place here. Honestly, the, the manager or the, the owner has invited me to these meetings because they're frustrated at the team, because they're not engaging, they're burned out, they don't like me, they don't like their jobs, whatever, you know, they get frustrated. And so then they invite me to come watch the meeting and try to help them help them be better with the meeting. And, and afterwards, the feedback's pretty simple. Stop talking, take a breath, ask a question, and then stay silent. I like to share my one, you know, one of my facilitator tips in person at a meeting. If I ask a question, maybe a good way and, you know, to count to five, but also if you have a cup of coffee or a tea, just start drinking your coffee and tea because there's no way I can also then ask, answer my own question. If I am also drinking my coffee, right? It's a clear signal that says it's not my turn. Now it's your turn. And sometimes we don't create the space for people to engage. I, I domineer the conversation and then I get frustrated because they're not engaging. Anything to add to that? Or would you agree or disagree? How do you feel? Yeah, I was going to say, Matt, you are very good and have taught me to be okay with some silence. Let people process, let people think. And I'm a processor. So like, I need that time to just think through yeah. whatever was said. But it took me a little bit to learn just be okay with some silence there. And, and that, that brief moment feels a lot longer to the person posing the question than it does to the person answering the question. Yeah. And I think, you know, maybe a tip for the embracing the silence there also is, you know, focus on your nonverbals during that time. If I'm able to just have positive nonverbals and, and looking at folks and smiling, you know, while I'm just kind of waiting for them to be able to interact, like I'm creating this, you're also nonverbally creating a safe, a safe space for people to be able to react. So those types of things, right? Yeah. So Don, what were you going to add? Matt, I think sometimes I was in a meeting recently where I'll just call him Carl. Carl had a really good idea and Carl had brought it up in a previous meeting and everybody else was talking about Carl's idea. Carl was at the meeting at the next meeting. And they were like, well, Carl, you know, we didn't really address this issue the way you wanted it addressed because you really wanted us to do this. And then Carl's, Carl's kind of quieter. And Carl thought about that for a second. And somebody else said, yeah, Carl, you said you had this other idea. And I think what you wanted for this idea was, and then started explaining what Carl wanted for the idea. And another person said, no, actually what I think Carl really meant was da, 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 da. And they went into about a five minute discussion about what Carl wants when Carl was standing right there. Carl was right there in the room. All you have to do is say, and then, <laughs> so then as a facilitator, like I'm just saying, Carl, why don't you tell us what you have to think? We brought an authority on Carl's brain into the room right now. <laughs> yeah, that's you can true. Tell us exactly what Carl was thinking. Why don't we let Carl talk for Carl? 
I love it. I love it. This is all good. This is this is all good. You know, some people, you could take this one of two ways. Maybe we stepped on some toes during this exercise here, during this podcast episode. Maybe, maybe we hurt some feelings, but, you know, realistically, listen, we know that you're trying your best. We know that you are trying to do the best to be able to get up and go to work and have the best day possible, you know, build the best company possible, those types of things. Sometimes it's easier for us to see from the outside looking in than it is for you to see because you're you're stuck on the inside of it, you know, which is maybe some of the value that we also help bring. So um, I would say blanket statement, like we know you're trying, we love you all equally. Uh, we're happy to help. If there are some other things that you would also like feedback on, maybe we touched on some things like the stop it's there and you wanted to take it to the next level. Like, okay, I get it. I need to stop it. But what I do, what do I do in its place? How do I stop that? Then, you know, we're happy to have that conversation too. Maybe that's a, a sequel, something or other that we can uh, potentially put together if there's interest uh, around that as well. So I got to tell you, this was fun for us to do because it is are the you know it is the things that we see. Uh, those are the things that we see on on a regular basis, and and we love to support you all, and we love to help, but we also you know like to have fun at work too. So, anything else before we wrap up here from any of uh, Don, Diana, Bethany? Stop it! Stop it! Knock it off! Yeah, go YouTube that video. It's a great video. All right. Well, we at People Centric hope you enjoyed this episode of the things that you should stop doing immediately in order, you know, for the betterment of your company. Let us know if you have feedback or other topics you'd like to hear, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the More Than Work podcast. Join us next time. And in the meantime, lead well.